Windows 7 in the Oracle Virtual Box.
So, any comments of what your experience was or questions? <laughs> you noticed that? Yeah? What were you able to do with it? Just notice it and try to refocus yourself on just being here? Perfect. Because that's really all we can do with it. It's just notice it and return our attention to right here. If you get angry and go, I gotta get rid of this, I gotta shut this down, go away, go away, go away. You know, all of that's resistance. And what we resist persists. So it'll just keep coming back more and more and more. And with the more force we push it away, it comes back with equal force at us. And in different forms. I mean it's really tricky, no matter what it is that we're resisting. So Anybody else notice all the chatter? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, the ego really doesn't want us present. Because to be present, to fully be in this moment, the ego doesn't exist. So it's not about getting rid of your ego. You can't. So don't even go there. Because again, that's just more resistance. It's about get present, stay in this moment and the ego cannot reside there. It's like a shadow cannot be where the light is shining. That's why it pops up with all kinds of stuff from the past, even if it was five seconds ago, or the future, you know? So we're, we're either dealing with resentment, or anger, or frustration, or um, bitterness, or remorse, or shame, or guilt, or something like that, and that's all stuff in the past or we're dealing with fear and anxiety and nervousness because we're in the future and the ego loves that because then it gets fed it gets to be fully alive and fully in control and basically we're on autopilot because we're basically unconscious and that's the difference between conscious and unconscious as I'm using those terms is that consciousness is fully being in this moment present moment your presence. Um, tonight's topic, I don't mind what happens, is a huge topic. So chances are I may play with this one for a while and come at it from different angles. Um, and where, it, where this particular phrase of what this means came to me, I don't mind what happens. Um, actually is a quote from J. Krishnamurti who was he's one of the most famous and, and one of the most awesome spiritual teachers that the 20th century had that would teach quite often in the United States and he was sitting in Ojai, California with about a group of 2,000 students and he was you know, carrying on about this and that and the other thing. And, and all of a sudden he stopped. And I love this story because I, I, I can picture it in my mind. I wasn't there. This was in the late 70s, I think. And, and I wished I could have been there, but I wasn't. And um, he leaned forward. Now remember, he's got like 2,000 students there. He leans forward and he goes, you want to know what my secret is? 
and all of a sudden he had everybody's attention. I mean, he already did, but like now he's really got their attention, and everybody's leaning forward, right? <laughs> and he gets really, really quiet, and he goes, you see, I don't mind what happens. And that's his, that was his secret for all the peace and joy and the gentleness and the power that this man had. And of course, most people in the audience and since then don't get that. We confuse that with so many things. We confuse it with, well, that must mean I don't care about anything. Then if I say I don't mind what happens, what about people starving? What about when my best friend gets a diagnosis of cancer? What about if you lose your job? What about um, somebody steals some money from you? Is I don't mind what happened not caring what happened in the sense that we look at I don't care. And it's not, because not caring is, to me, goes into that area of having no compassion. And I can come from my heart and absolutely feel for somebody that's lost a loved one, that has gotten a diagnosis that's scary to them, that whatever. Um, and that includes all the experiences that I've had in my life. And it doesn't mean that I'm unable to feel compassion for them. But as soon as I mind what happens, as soon as it bothers me, it pisses me off, I wish it didn't happen, I'm suffering. And now I am not really of any help to that person. And I'm not truly coming from a place of what real compassion is. Real compassion is not acting as if I feel your pain. That's not possible. I can't feel your pain. Your pain is your pain. It's your reality. It's what you're experiencing. And for me to say, even if I've been through it, say a similar experience, to say, I know exactly how you're feeling. You know, when I've heard people say that, and at various times in my life with stuff I was going through that I had at the time judged as really huge, I felt angry. And it was like, you don't have any idea what I'm feeling. Don't say that. But at the same time, there really is a fly here. <laughs> um, I've been accused of batting at things that weren't there, so that's why I said that. Um, you know, it's like, as soon as I, it, it bothers me on any level of something that's happened to somebody, let's take something that we would judge as really big. Let's say, picture yourself, picture a friend of yours, a dear friend. And picture some, a dear friend that has children or a child, okay? And that child has died that day. Accident, disease, something. And you've just gotten word. 
Now, chances are the first thing you're going to experience is shock. It's like, because it's hard to get our minds wrapped around something that is so permanent and so final and so fast. And it is even when it's not fast. If that child had been sick for a year and a half and, and everyone knew that child was, the prognosis was poor and, and he or she was probably going to die. It's like the finality of it is so hard for us to get our minds wrapped around that the first thing most of us experience is shock. So a lot of times what you hear is, no, that's not possible. Oh my God. You know, there's a shocked reaction. And then what happens, as much as we may be thinking about our friend who we're trying to get a hold of now right away, we are into our stuff about it. We're feeling our reaction about it. We're feeling outrage. We're feeling, I mean, I, what I experienced um, last January, it, it was amazing to me the different reactions I heard from people when, after I had gotten news that my sister and brother-in-law had been murdered. It was like, I mean, I, I just watched the whole gamut of human emotion come through. And of people that I knew really, really well, I could see how it really was really about them. Their reaction to this, as much as they were trying to be there for me, was about them, was about the pain they were feeling about it because of what they were believing and thinking about it. So they had a story about it and as a result they had feelings and those feelings is what they were reacting to so how helpful how compassionate could they have been for me they couldn't in fact several of them I kind of ended up being there for them <laughs> and they didn't even know my sister and brother-in-law so one of the things I would invite you to do is take a look at starting from a, a, um, a safer place where it's somebody that you don't know, like you hear on the news, or a friend tells you of somebody they know that they've experienced some, some big loss, or you saw something on the news on TV. And when you experience that, run through your mind, I don't mind what happens. I don't mind what happens. It doesn't mean you're putting your stamp of approval on people getting murdered, on children dying, on drunk drivers, on any of the horrible things that go on out there that we deem as horrible. You're not putting your stamp of approval on it. What you're doing, and here is the secret of I don't mind what happens, and I'll approach this from... 60 different ways probably by the time I get done with this and that's why it probably won't end with just tonight's top as a topic for just tonight and that is your happiness does not count on does not depend on external things people places events for you to be happy for you to be at peace for you to experience okayness I don't need the world to behave in this way in order for me to be okay. 
and we confuse a lot of that stuff like one of the things I was dealing with with somebody the other night now I can't remember what the loss was Oh, the pet. They had a pet that they had to put down. And, you know, one of the things that she was astute enough to become aware of was she says, I'm afraid if I don't have this big emotional reaction and if I don't mind that this has happened, it means that I didn't love him, that my dog didn't mean anything to me. And that's really kind of true, isn't it? You know, if, if we lose somebody, if somebody dies in our family and we don't have, you know, big, huge grief and tons of tears, it's like we're deemed even by our culture to have something wrong with us. And I'm not saying you're not going to have tears. There's a difference between expressing and feeling the emotion that you're having if you go into your heart and sit in there and be with that and allow those tears to come up. And to me, that's what real grief is. But most folks, the way we have learned in our culture to protect ourselves, really, because that's what it is, we go up into our heads, we have a story around parents shouldn't bury their children. My husband was too young to die. Um, I don't want to spend the rest of my life without my wife, my partner. I, you know, whatever the story is. And the mind, the ego keeps spitting out all these things. And there's this whole story around it. And it's the emotions that we feel in reaction to those thoughts and beliefs. And that's why most people in big situations like that end up dealing with grief for so many years. And why it takes so long to get through it. And psychologists love that. Because it keeps you coming back and staying in therapy forever. While you assuage the ego over and over and over and over instead of having somebody just sit with you and help guide you into this place and truly be with the real pain of the loss and stay out of here. I don't mind what happens doesn't mean you didn't love deeply, have commitment, and that you don't have compassion. It means just the opposite. It means that you are now opening up this space from which you can have incredible compassion. You can so totally be present for that person that you literally can become a ground for him or her. And I did get to experience that. I had one person that was able to be fully present with me last January that allowed me to be with just that. Just the feeling. And it absolutely amazed me. And I did experience the feeling of, wow, gosh, you know, maybe I am a pretty shallow person and... <laughs> You know, because it's been two months now and I 
I don't really feel anything. It's done. But what ensued after that was I ended up, I got the honor actually of being there for several of my family members because they, I think they just kind of got a sense that I was really grounded and really centered with it. But they also knew that I had compassion about it, that it had affected me, but that I had handled it differently and a few of them wanted to know how I did that. That amazed me, actually. That was pretty cool. So that was a huge gift in that whole experience. <clears throat> I don't mind what happens. Let's drop it to lighter things. We're going to bounce all over the place. Let's go to, oh, driving in traffic. <laughs> okay, so somebody's had a little fender bender. It's no big deal. And everybody has to slow down <laughs> and look and check. So traffic now is creeping along at five miles an hour and sometimes comes to a complete standstill. And of course, it's a backup. And, you know, I even spent some time last week sitting on I-5 and it, I thought, oh, parking lot. This is, this is interesting. <laughs> I hadn't done that in years because I don't have that commute. I haven't had that commute in forever. So, but, you know, I do remember when I was in that commute and every morning and every evening, I would let myself get all wound up and I'd be irritated and I would try to play little games with myself, you know, to entertain myself, you know, and basically it's the ego trying to entertain the ego. While the ego is also jumping up and being judge and critic of everybody else. And of course, I never did any of the things those other drivers did, ever. I was perfect, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never take that into account, though, do we? <laughs> so, you know, whether it's driving in traffic, whether it's you're in a hurry, you run into the store, you get what you want, and you go, you pick out the line where there's only one person and they're already at the counter, and they're counting out pennies. <laughs> and they're changing their mind about something. And they're engaging the clerk in conversation. And the clerk is just having a great old time conversing back. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, all of a sudden, we're not so present anymore, are we? <laughs> and we're minding what happens. Because now our happiness is totally dependent on two human beings that we don't have any control over. None. I don't have any control over Yeah, I can get real intimidating. I can say some stuff. I can do whatever. And yeah, they might hurry along. But does that make me happy? No. If I've gone there, even if I'm feeling justified, even if I'm feeling, well, good, damn it, move them along, and now I've gotten what I, you know, and I've got to get going, and don't they know, and, you know, and I'm still chattering away in my head after I've paid and I'm headed out to the car in the parking lot. That doesn't sound like happiness to me. And when I talk about happiness, what I'm talking about is joy, is that simple feeling of contentment, of peace, 
of everything in this moment right now is perfect. Just the way it's supposed to be, regardless of what it is. Regardless of what it is. I just, and, and I think you're right, I don't think you can have the food poisoning for 72 hours, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought I had food poisoning and it lasted for 72 hours. And, and yesterday in particular, it was horribly painful. And I chose to just kind of go with it and ride, because the, the pain was coming in sharp, sharp waves. And so I just kind of focused on my breathing and I went into where the pain was and just, you know, I just kept focusing with the question of what are you trying to tell me? What do I need to know? Um, and then breathe through it. It was really a good exercise in, in presence. Um, and at times I noticed that it actually even lessened the pain. Um, but even then, not minding, like not believing that I shouldn't be feeling this way, I should be feeling healthy and strong like I normally do, that would have had me suffering even more. I would have been more upset, I would have been bothered, I would have gotten scared, maybe, who knows. It certainly would have intensified the pain because my body would have tensed up. Because now I'm fighting it, I'm resisting it. And I just did the best I could at relaxing into it. And just, this is what's happening right now. You know, I took, it wasn't that I didn't take measures to relieve the pain. I wasn't just doing the breathing. I was drinking peppermint tea. I took some, I chewed some Tums. I did something else too. I took some probiotics. Um, I think that was it. Oh, I drank some ginger ale. I let some ginger ale get flat because, you know, back in the day they used to tell you to do that. Flat 7-Up or flat ginger ale. Yeah. So I did that. And those helped a little bit. You know, so it's not like you don't take action. But the action I was taking were ideas that were coming up literally because even though in the pain was as sharp as it was had I been resisting it, I don't know that I would have thought of those things. I would have been more in this resistant, fear, panic, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, i got to work tomorrow, I've got circle tomorrow night, and then I work every night this, well, went tomorrow night, Thursday night, all next weekend. You know, I mean, I can't be sick. You know, I would have been jumped way off into the future, I'd have been tripping, all buzzed out. <laughs> <laughs> and all my okayness would have been totally dependent on, in that moment, what was going on with my body. So I don't mind what happens. I'm here to tell you, even in really big pain, physical pain, it works. Because I was able to get to a really peaceful place and just accept, right now, this is what's going on. I have no idea what's going to go on in the next minute. And the oddest thing was, this went on for 72 hours, right? And it built and built and built and built. Yesterday was the worst. Last night at 11, 10 p.m., it was like somebody flipped a switch. It all stopped. It was bizarre. It was absolutely, I mean, because it felt like at times somebody's hands were in my guts, just every now and then just squeezing everything and twisting it up. And then all of a sudden, 
there was nothing there. And who knows, maybe what I was doing helped bring that about. I don't know. I don't mind what happens. You don't have enough money to pay a bill. I don't mind what happens. Is it possible to go there with that? Questions? Comments? what it is. Yeah, right now in this moment I have really severe stomach pain. Okay. Yeah. So part of, yeah, I think, you know, most of it is about a change of perspective, but it's a shift that goes even deeper than just the way you're looking at it. Because the whole, the whole, your whole being has to kind of go with that perspective. But perspective is, a, is actually, James, is the best place to start. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Because if you can even just start saying that to yourself and shift your perspective a little bit, you know, eventually you start getting there. You're not going to go there right away. You're not going to go, I don't mind what happens, and everything's going to be peaceful and la-la. Trust me. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but my ego would jump up and go, yeah, really? <laughs> Let me tell you. And would come up with the worst case scenarios of what could happen as a result of what was going on. And what you do is you don't resist that. <clears throat> you just go, I understand. At least that's what I would do. I would just, I understand. And I'd bring myself back in the moment, this moment. And, I wouldn't say but, but negates anything before that. And I know that right now, this is what's going on. So it even goes back further. I hate using this. <laughs> I know, but I can't think of a better one. So you guys have to help me come up with a better analogy. Stuck in the mud at night in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, I used that so long to teach non-resistance, non-judgment, and non-attachment that I literally got stuck in the mud at night in the rain. And it was just, I just was laughing my butt off. In my car. Yeah, in my car. No shoes, no purse, no phone. I had no intentions of getting out of the car. Yeah, and it was, and when I got out, I, I had thrown on some sandals, you know, so all I had were sandals. I step out and I sank into mud up past my ankle bones. Oh my God, it was, and I mean, it was raining, raining. One of those heavy, and it was cold. You can hear the whole sort of detail on my website. It's the audio for Circle for Presence is on there. So I think it was April of 11. Yeah. Yeah, so it's in there somewhere. <laughs> And it, to me, it was the whole experience was just so rich because, 
you know, how long had I been talking about it? So I literally manifested it. But I can't think of a better analogy, Earl. <laughs> no, help me come up with a better analogy, because that analogy is so good. People think, yeah, right, what would you... Uh, huh? No, I'm not going to go there. Okay, so... <laughs> so, um, you don't sit and do nothing. Non-resistance, non-attachment to what's going on, non-judgment, this isn't a bad thing or a good thing, it just is, doesn't mean you sit there and do nothing. It means you don't waste all the energy that is wasted by being angry, by being frustrated, by feeling poor me. Why is this happening to me? Causes all our pain. Sort this out, and I'll fix it. <laughs> or, or yes, headquarters. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I don't go there because I, I, what I, where I go is, oh yeah, I used to do that. Whereas you didn't used to be when you'd get oh, there. God, no. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Hyped and tense and wound up. Yeah, there was nothing relaxing about it at all. And God forbid that we should leave. Yeah, exactly. And God forbid we should leave so that we have plenty of time to get there at a leisurely drive the speed limit way. Or look at the time and go, oh yeah, there might be traffic, so I need to allow myself some extra time so that no big deal. Controlling and managing. What is, what is in that situation or every given situation? What is it in there that I have control over? Yeah. You go along and realize I have no control. Right. And well, but what a, it's not that we don't have control, it's that, like for example, when I was stuck in the mud, I was capable of recognizing, well, I could sit here in the car. But I don't even have a phone. <laughs> so
So I might want to get out of the car. <laughs> so I waited till I wasn't laughing quite so hard because I didn't want to slip in the mud, which was a good thing because it was really slippery once I got out there. <laughs> and I went out there and of course I started laughing again when I sunk in up past my ankles because I just thought this is just getting richer by the moment. And um, you know, but it was still about doing the next thing. So in a way you could look at that as I have control over what my actions are. You know, but to control the event itself to believe I have any control over any future thing, I don't. Yeah, and acceptance really is what I don't mind what happens is. I accept that right now this is what is. So what is coming up when I stay open that way? Um, anybody familiar with Abraham, Esther Hicks? Okay, one of the things that they talk about is she talks about, or Abraham through her talks about cutting off source. It gets clamped off, you know? And as soon as I think I'm in control, whoop, there it goes. I have a death grip on it. Well, as soon as I've done that, source is shut off from me. And if you think about it, think about every time you thought you had control of a situation or a person, or you were gonna get them to see things your way. You were going to try to get them to understand, to get it. As soon as you did that, you were tightening yourself around it. Source is cut off. At this point, there is separation between you and source, between you and who your higher power is for you. You're disconnected from all that energy, from the collective consciousness, which means that's where we get the inspiration. That's where the ideas just flow into us and we go, oh, God, wow, what a great idea. I think I'll put the other foot out here and see how far it sinks. No. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if we, when we cut ourselves off from source, we do go to that place of being separate. And we're not only separate from each other then, we believe, and this is, this is the illusion, because there's no truth in it, ever, 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 ever. We create the illusion that we are separate from Source and everybody else. And from that place, we tighten up even more. Well, now that energy flow is completely clamped off. It's not even available to us. And now, in that respect, we are on our own. But there is no true separation because all we have to do is let go and it's all right there, instantly. Yeah, skip that part. Out. Yeah. When that relay goes out, no matter what you do, it doesn't start. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start. I had this situation. I couldn't start. I had to call it out. I had to get to work. Because I was unapologetic about it, I had no control. 
Quite all right. One of the things that's a really good example too, because one of the things that you will notice, I also experienced people being upset with me, not upset with me, I'm not saying it correctly. They were asking me questions with an accusatory tone, like a month later and two months later, how are you doing with, you know, everything that happened? <coughs> oh, you mean the murders? Because people just, you know, they don't want to say the words. And, and I said, actually, I'm really okay. I'm at peace with it. Really? And you, and you will come up against that because what's hap our culture is so steeped in left brain and egoic functioning that it doesn't know how to just be. It's all about doing it's all about go, 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 go. It's all about, you know, this is how we do things emotionally. Yeah, and bottom line is, if you don't do that, then you have stepped out of the status quo. And people are not going to know how to relate to you. You're going to experience that. It scares them a lot. Yeah, because they don't understand it. And You're not supposed to feel yours. You're supposed to do it from your head, damn it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And part of it is, is that that get, becomes then another lesson in acceptance. Because we get to accept that that's where they are at. And I would remind myself, Karen, you were there for a long time. You can have compassion for where they're at. Now, that does that mean you allow yourself to get beat up and abused? No, it doesn't. But you don't have to get angry, and you don't have to be judgmental to set a boundary. Right. Well, because it doesn't fit the status quo, and they don't understand, because that isn't. And if you notice, even in every especially large company, but even small companies, you'll find this. Each one of them is their own little universe, their own little subculture within the bigger culture. So most of them will go along with the basic stuff of the main culture, but they're going to have even more little specifics. 
you know, and there's little hierarchies and there's little games that people have to play and like you have to kiss this per person's patootie and, and you have to know when to approach this person and you blah, da, blah, da, blah, da, blah, da, blah. And it's all egos stroking egos, egos playing games with other egos. And in the meantime, everybody is starving for true emotional and spiritual intimacy with other human beings. And what I mean by that is simple heart-to-heart -heart connection. The feeling of I belong and I know you belong. And even though maybe you and I don't have much in common at all, it doesn't matter. We're human beings and we're on this planet and we have enough in common. We breathe, we eat, we have to drink water, we breathe air, we walk, we talk. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. And the more you can allow yourself to move into that and just be with it, it becomes... Oh, my God. It, it becomes grand and spectacular. And even the smallest moments are phenomenal. They're magical. And every day becomes extraordinary. And yet, at the same time, since it's happening all the time, there's nothing extraordinary anymore. The extraordinary now becomes the ordinary. I expect it. I wake up in the morning and I say, I expect magic and miracles today, all day long. And I never fail to see them. This morning, I got to laugh my ass off. I'm looking out my living room window and I have a bird bath out in the middle of the front yard. And there's this fat baby robin out there. And he's just splashing. <laughs> he's just having a ball. I almost expected to see a little miniature rubber ducky in there or something, you know. And the squirrel, Rocket, some of you know, comes into my house and helps himself. He's wanting a drink out of a bird bath. And so he's climbing up and he reaches over the end and the bird sees him and literally took his wing. I mean, it looked like Walt Disney or something, you know, like, no, I'm in here. Go away. <laughs> and Rocket would run down. He'd run halfway up the maple tree and he'd run back and he'd run back up and look again. Did that three times. I was laughing hysterically. And to me, that was pure magic. Oh, the energy that moves through my body, the, the, just, and when you laugh, what you don't know is you strengthen your immune system. So I needed that after what I just went through. <laughs> I needed to strengthen my immune system. So, yeah, I mean, and yet how many of us have seen those things and we didn't stop and watch and just be entertained by what was happening? We were too busy. We had to get this done. We had to get that done. Besides, it was just a dumb bird in a bird bath. You know? And we miss out over and over and over. And yet the stuff, I believe, these kinds of events happen all day long, every day, in all of our lives. All the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it really is about, you know, you can't give joy and you can't be in joy when you are minding what is going on, when you're bothered by what's going on. As soon as you're bothered by it, as soon as you decide, it should be any way different than what it is. And that includes other people. That includes deciding that somebody else should be different than who they are. That includes corporations and companies, that they should be different than who they are. I know that's hard. That is really, really hard, especially right now. You know, does it mean you don't take action? No. But if you get all trapped in your head around, they shouldn't be doing this, then you're going to be coming from a place of anger and frustration and judgment and you're clamping off that flow and any wonderful, brilliant, inspiring ideas that might flow to you can't get to you now because you've cut it off. Love self first. Right. Well, that's just it. You know, when people say they're trying to find love, they're trying to learn how to love themselves, and I say, really? Trying to learn how to love yourself? You are love. You are love. Well, I'm tr I, I need to change my life, your life. Okay, you are life. You are life expressing itself as itself. It's unfolding all the time. So simply make a, a decision to do something different. Otherwise, the ego jumps up and goes, I have to change my life. I have to learn how to love myself. <laughs> and it makes a big deal out of those things. And then we come up with lists, right? I need a Mercedes in order to be okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, that's really all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want I want to I want to see that. I like her idea. I want the toe scrunched up on with your flip flops. That would be awesome, Earl. <laughs> I would get you the Gucci socks just to see that. Yeah, yeah. We'll work on things together. We'll help you on the car thing, and I'll work with 
So, if you have someone in your life that is close to you and you're feeling frustrated, they are not understanding you, you're not getting the love and intimacy you want, you don't feel connected, um, they're lost in some form of addiction, it could be even just that every time they come home from work their face is stuck on the computer till they go to bed. So there's not much communication. What I would have you do is look within your own heart. And first of all, ask yourself, can I find that behavior in me? Have I ever done this? Where someone may have felt left out, shut out, not getting what they wanted from me. Might not be the same addiction or the same escape or the same way of shutting down or not communicating. And it may be. So first of all, that's one of the first places that I go to because it helps me get into a compassionate place of equanimity. I'm now on the same level playing ground as that person rather than judging that they shouldn't be doing whatever it is they're doing or they should be doing this or whatever. If you're shooting on somebody or shooting on yourself, trust me, it's going to get real stinky. It doesn't work. And you will not find any joy or peace in going there and doing that. So, um, I think that I, I also want to include in that is that the biggest thing is wherever you're at right now doesn't mean that you don't have a preference for being somewhere else, a preference for a better job and that's going to requ require going to school or maybe at least just putting resumes out and looking but that preference and getting that is not what is necessary it's not a requirement to make you okay and to make you happy it's just a preference and you're going to put your energy and your attention there and manifest it okay that's that's to me part of the big differences so what I want you to do what I invite you to do is can you imagine what your life would be like if you were okay with no matter whatever was happening just sit for a minute picture what's happening in your life right now that you haven't particularly cared for what would your life look like right now if you didn't mind that that was happening? If you could find that acceptance, that peace. And just see what images come up. And that would be a really good thing to play with for little five and ten minute meditations or when you're doing the dishes, or when you're doing the laundry, or driving, turn off the radio, and you're stuck in traffic instead of getting all frustrated, focus on that. What would my life look like right now if I didn't mind this traffic? And play with it. Let it just be kind of like a new toy. Um, and I like this. Your state of being would no longer be controlled by any 
external events or persons. Because right now, I guarantee you, you're almost like a puppet. You're enslaved. You're held hostage by people, by places, events, all day long, every day. You're like a leaf and the wind pops up and you get blown down the street even though that is not the direction you wanted to go. (laughs) But emotionally, that's where you are. But if you can really play with that, what, what would my life look like right now? if I didn't mind that this was happening, if I didn't mind that she was doing that, if I didn't mind that he wasn't doing that. (laughs) Whatever, you know, whatever the situation. Okay. um, Yeah, I think, and this is the third week, So the first week of October will be the next circle. And I think we will continue with this. You know, being in complete equanimity with life. Non-resistance, non-judgment, non-attachment. And I think I'm going to take it to a whole deeper level because this can just keep going. And I want to do that. I want to see where it takes us. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Okay, some quick announcements. Um, just for those of you that were coming, I'm no longer going to do the Byron Katie nights, Loving What Is. Those were on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. And I have stopped those as of today for several reasons. One, I'm going to be, what's happening is it's kind of evolved, and I'm going to be teaching some series of classes in specific areas using that work. So I'm going to do stuff on intimate relationships, codependency, death and dying, um, body image. Body image is a huge huge one for a lot of people, men as well as women. Um, So I'm going to, and it'll be a specific issue. And once the class starts, whoever is in that class, um, it's going to be a regular class. And there will be a commitment made, and no one else will come in. It will be a closed group so that 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 group of people can begin to feel comfortable doing that level of work with each other. So that's kind of where it's evolving to. Um, Circle will only be on the first and third Tuesdays from now on. I used to do it on the first, third, and I don't. I don't. No! What is that? Huh? It's a little beetle. Oh, I've seen much bigger beetles. Honey, I was in Bali, and I had a cockroach this big spit at me and fly at me. And I almost banged my head against the brick wall of the building I was in. So I won't be, no, it's going to be only the first and third. I used to do first, third, and fifth if there was one of the month, and I'm letting that go. It'll be first and third, first and third, first and third, no matter what. (laughs) On the fifth, if there's a fifth Tuesday of the month, Earl, and if you're in town, come on over, honey. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
again, a reminder, I'm available for one-on-ones for energy medicine, matrix energetics, one-on-one teaching. I work a lot with codependency and relationships and stuff like that. So um, know that. I also have the Healing Touch certification class. Starts tomorrow night. Certification in Healing Touch. Healing Touch is energy medicine. And it's Wednesday night, Thursday night, all weekend, and then the following Wednesday night, I have one seat left if anybody's interested. Earl? When is the next time I'm thinking I'm doing that? All I need is enough people to sign up. Well, just... For that, yeah. For, for that class, I'll, I need a minimum of two is enough. For other classes, I need a minimum of... Right. Well, that's what I need people to do is if they can't do it this time, to let me know and I'll put names on a list so that when, say, through... I think you are too. Not going to be here. Well, your employers think you have to go work? What is that book for that? <laughs> it's great being on another plane. Yes, exactly. I know. I know. I don't understand. I just haven't figured that part out yet. Okay, so there's one more seat for that for anybody that's interested. Um, I also would like to say thank you to Lisa. Lisa, and thank you to Jack, who both come here early and help set up. And I, I swear, it just makes this so much easier for me. Um, and, and makes it fun, makes it enjoyable. And I also want to thank my friend Adam, who is not here again. The HWO for Heart Wide Open, he did with, um, what do you call it? But it's metal. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, and he he made that for me. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. Feel it. It's pretty amazing what he did. That Saturday, honey. Saturday. And yes, that's still going on, but that got planned after this class already got planned. So I told Julie, you know, anybody that wants to go out to Julie's, by the way, for those of you that have been out there or who have known about that all the way along, Raven's Lodge is, she's having a big open house for all the work that we did out there and cleaned up. And it's about a half hour's drive from here. And it's absolutely beautiful. The weather's supposed to be nice, so I would even, if you go out there, it's from 1 to 6 p.m., potluck. Um, they're going to do ceremony. They're gonna, it's a big celebration. She's on 28 acres. Cedar Creek runs through it. Take clothes to go. I love to go out there and go creek hiking. Um, Jules and I go creek hiking a lot. And then there's parts of the creek that are deep enough to swim in. So if you want to take clothes with you for that. Um, and if you don't, if you aren't on my email list and you did not get the email about that, because I did send that out this week, put your name and email address on the form over there. I will make sure you're added to the list and put a little note beside of it, Raven's Lodge. And that will remind me that you want the notice about that so you can get the address and the phone number and the information. Okay? 
Yeah, well, a picnic and a celebration, and she's going to be doing ceremony as well. Yeah, it'll be Native American, and it'll be to celebrate um, fall equinox, and also to for her to reclaim the land out there. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be powerful. And if I if class gets done early enough on Saturday, I may run out there, but I'd be out there like towards the end. So, okay, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Okay, so here's, here's a closing thought for what we looked at tonight. And this is also um, a quote from Krishnamurti. When you live with this awareness of I don't mind what happens, this sensitivity, life has an astonishing way of taking care of you. Then there is no problem of security of what people say or do not say and that's the beauty of life and I really truly want to just remind you all that you are life you are love expressing itself as itself when you're in present moment ego is just the shadow side of that and all we have to do is shed light on it and the shadow is no longer there so it's simple but you know it's for me, it wasn't particularly easy. <laughs> but it's like going to the gym, and I've related it to that. You have to keep going, you know? And then it starts to get easier, and you can do more. And you can. I found that I could push more weight than I could when I first started going. And I could go longer on the elliptical, and I could go longer on the treadmills. In the beginning, I couldn't, but you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it, and you don't get upset with yourself. You get upset with yourself, that's just another form the ego takes to keep you out of present moment. It loves to judge. Okay, I'm going to close with the original Lord's Prayer. And this is directly translated from ancient Aramaic to present-day English rather than through the grapevine where it all got changed and changed and changed and changed. Um, o cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our being and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our desire. Endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish. Untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglements of past mistakes. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and the fruitful vision, the birth power and fulfillment as all is gathered and made whole again. Uh -huh. And thank you very much. You coming here allows me to teach what I most need to learn. Thanks, Andrew. So, we'll, uh,